Hello and welcome to this enriching coaching podcast series by Collective Change Institute, otherwise known as CCI. If you're into people development and coaching, or you're a coach yourself, eager to master this skill set and build a thriving business, then this podcast series is for you. You will get to enjoy and learn from a diverse panel of coaches hosting each podcast episode, bringing their expertise, experience and tips. At CCI, our mission is to create ripples of change and we do that through coaches. Our intention is that you will learn and be inspired as a change catalyst yourself from this podcast. What are we waiting for? Let's go! Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3, good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Culture Club. And uh, today, you know, you look back on the past three years, you can safely say COVID 19 is more or less over. We went through a lot, circuit breakers, drastic changes that the pandemic made to our lives. Life seems to go on as per normal, but research has shown that burnout is on the rise worldwide. Gen Z, young millennials, women being the most stressed based on a future. Forum research. Now, in fact, McKinsey and Company reported that one in three employees in Asia experience symptoms of burnout. About 80% are not turning to professionals for help. Now, the common factor that contributes to these burnouts is, of course, work. Um, 38% of employees in Southeast Asia are reluctant to share their mental health concerns with their managers. In fact, uh, particularly here in Singapore, 62% are very unwilling to broach the topic with superiors and colleagues alike. So how can we break this barrier, uh, this this wall of mental health conversations at work? Well, on the line with me is Lin Tan, who is an ICF Master Certified Coach, as well as founder of Collective Change Institute. Lin, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good afternoon, Elliot. I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Now, as a Master Certified Coach, uh, I understand you've got about over 4,000 hours of transformational and leadership coaching experience with organizations and individuals. So uh, you're the perfect person to talk to. Plus, uh, you're a mother of three, so talk about stress. You know all about it. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about the Collective Change Institute. We are Asia's leading coaching institute. And um, we do primarily two things. One of it is we train individuals and leaders in coaching skills, which is uh, more and more crucial in the workplace, especially, you know, um, linked to today's topic. And the other thing that we do is we provide coaching services. So it could be life coaching, leadership coaching, well-being coaching. Um, We really want to make it accessible uh, to people so that they have an additional avenue for them to work on themselves, develop themselves, and um, forward areas of their life that's important to them. What made you decide to start the CCI? Actually, it was by chance. It was one of those wonderful um, accidents that happened where somebody came to me and they said, you know, Lynn, I want to become a a certified life coach. Can you please train me? And um, I have been training coaches for a long time. This individual sought me out. And that kind of kicked off the entire institution. And since then, it's been picking up because the coaching wave in Singapore really hit in about 2016. That was when we were established. And more and more individuals... Um, Elliot, compared to like 20 years ago when I started, are very receptive to coaching now, which is fabulous. Receptive to coaching as in receptive to becoming a coach or receptive to receiving coaching? Well, both. So it it usually starts off with receiving first. Okay. 
Um, so this is where they step out and they acknowledge that maybe there are certain changes in their lives or themselves that they are keen to, to embark on and they engage a coach, um, sometimes out of their own pockets, sometimes sponsored by the organisation. Um, and the other good news is leaders are also sitting up to say, hey, I think coaching skills is really going to help me bring some humanity back into the workplace become a better people leader and then they train themselves in these skills so that they can have important uh, deeper uh, conversations in the workplace. I hear this word being thrown out a lot. I, I have friends who work in banks and whatnot and they are assigned this thing called a people leader but I also hear stories about how these people leaders, they don't perhaps have the EQ skills. Uh, I personally feel that you know communication skills, managing your tone, your empathy, it's so important in the world we live in now. Uh, tell me a little bit about your observation why is it you know even though there's so much uh spotlight on it uh, mental health is still so taboo Mm -hmm. well to be honest um people leaders normally get promoted into such roles because they're good at what they do technically um or they might have some potential and so they're given the opportunities but so much of dealing with people is so dynamic so it's a lot of learning on the job. So no matter how many classroom trainings that you attend, right, uh, on communication skills and leadership presence, like it's, it's so much in the moment, how do you respond? And um, a lot of it is on hindsight, which is why you have organizations attach coaches to them because they need this constant on-the-go learning accompanying their you know, everyday leadership moments. Um, now, how does uh, mental wellness come in? I think we need to be more equipped with how to have these conversations because um, on the surface, it can look like just, you know, um, like it can look quite minor, right? Okay, maybe this individual is falling sick more often or not quite happy. But then how do you have a, a deeper conversation to really suss out if there's a need to step in? Um, there isn't enough, I think, education and training in this area. Mm. Okay. Lynn, pardon me. I'm trying to approach this next question as carefully as possible. I don't want it to come across the wrong way, right? But when we talk about mental health, they, you always, it's just like talking about diversity or, or like I, I'm a, I'm pro-feminist. So I believe women should be empowered, but you will have this group that will take advantage that will come across as hey, a bit mentally weak, right? Actually, you can do a bit better. How do, how do you, again, I, I'm trying to, to be as sensitive as possible with this question. Mm. How do you recognize what is being taken advantage? How do you, how do you balance this thing? It's, it's an impossible task to me. Uh, what do you mean by taking advantage? Like, do you have a, an like, example? Uh, for example, uh, in, in, in the sense of, of mental health, right? Uh, mm. A little bit of stress and, oh, no, I can't take this. This is too much. This is too much work for me. I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. It's like you back in school I mean. when you have, yeah. you have students who always like, uh, you know, skip, skip class, right? Yeah, oh, because sick. <laughs> to be fair, also, I, I think people leaders' jobs or bosses' jobs is also to help build some sense of mental resilience. I mean, it's okay to be mm. to not be okay, but also you have to build a bit. Lah. I mean, but that's just my opinion. What are your thoughts on this? Um, Elliot, I think this is where the relationship plays a big part okay, okay. and it goes beyond just the role of I, I have a scope to deliver or you know I'm um, an authority maybe mm. compared to you I'm mm, a manager mm, 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 mm. and I think this links back to the bringing humanity back into the workplace where we are also maybe first and foremost recognised as human beings and therefore having that connection that's when we were able to have deeper conversations to, to really understand um, what's going on so even if you have an individual who's always say um, giving excuses okay. there 
can still be opportunities for you to investigate a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels like the, the role of, of managers and the role of even HR, the, the pandemic has taught, taught us that these roles need to change. There needs to be, it's almost like you have to be part-time psychologists. <laughs> I think you have to be full-time sensitive. Ah, very <laughs> like, nicely put. Like, okay. like what you said just now, there's so many perspectives to yeah. diversity. There's so many perspectives to mental wellness. So, yeah, it's recognizing all the different perspectives and embracing those. Mm. Talking about this this issue of you know uh, workplace mental health being taboo, not really discussed uh, as often. Uh, what can we do now? I mean, is this something that we can start educating our young on? Uh, that we can build this this sense of being able to be open and empathetic, um, so that eventually, when the generation takes over in the workplace, we would have established a good culture. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, equipping the upcoming workforce, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are two, there's a two-pronged approach. One of it would be maybe a little bit more top-down, where the organization steps in to look at how they can normalize conversations around mental well-being, mental uh-huh. wellness. Um, but it's also what we can do on an individual level. And it sometimes doesn't have to be as scary as approaching your colleague and going, hey, I noticed there's something wrong with you, um, <laughs> and kind of broaching it that way. But it's to also um, lead lead by showing that it's okay to knock off on time. Lead by showing that, you know, it's okay if I go for a run during lunch, you know, five, ten minutes late. And and these behaviours actually set the precedent for others to follow. So we could also be, in that way, leading our peers by making sure that we ourselves live, you know, healthy lives, balanced lives. I, I know someone who used to go for runs during lunch and would be picked on. Like, oh, why why you go for run, for a run? I mean, why are you in your gym wear? But it's lunch, right? You are entitled to that lunch break. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, this fast-paced society that we're in, we kind of forget that and, and we think that, oh, the only way out is to eat at my desk. There's, yeah. there's a lot of walls that need to be broken down. Yeah. So I think one of the things that we can start with mm. is by looking at how we are perpetuating on an individual level mm. um, this... Uh, taboo, right? It could be the way that we're behaving or our own mindset, like, you know, I have to leave, I, I can't leave on time, etc. Yep. And how maybe that might have an effect on the people around us. Mm-hmm. That peer pressure as well, right? That you accidentally uh, put out. Uh, is it important for an employer or people leader, uh, just using that word, to have a gauge of his team's different level of being able to handle mental health? you know, before being able to approach that subject? Um, It's a good point. I I think it's being aware of the different individuals' level of, uh, their capability to handle stress. Their their threshold in that sense, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And what stresses them? Because, Mm. you know, every individual is different. Yeah. The trigger points uh, kind of yeah. need to be to be you need to be aware of. I, I am curious, uh, uh, Lynn. I mean, and this comes back to our, our earlier discussion about perhaps school can play a part uh, in, in terms of normalizing this. As, as a mother of three young children, um, have you given a lot of thought on you know how your kids would handle mental health and how that discussion would happen at home? I mean, it's not easy being a kid. It's even harder being mm. a mom. And and these are things <laughs> that need to be discussed. Uh, you need to have an out or a person to talk to, right? I think it's harder being a kid, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they go through so much and they don't know how to communicate yeah, it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so it does start when they're young. Um, for example, I, as a mom, my, my personal preference is to expose my children to different things. So okay. I don't put a lot of stress on academics. I put a lot of, effort, uh, I put a lot of emphasis on effort. 
Okay. Right. So we, we look at the growth mindset. Have you done enough to, um, you have you put in enough effort? You know, how have you stretched yourself as well opposed to the output? Right. So then the child's identity isn't tied to the output, but more tied to the effort. Um, that and then also balancing it with life experiences, bringing mm. them to travel, bringing them to do sports. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and the other thing that I, I really make sure that I do is to build a very close relationship with my children. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I've heard so many stories of, I want to say horror stories, but maybe that's, that's not right. Lah. But you know, when, when children become teenagers, they just, and I was one too, we just don't talk to our parents. Right? So um, I'm trying to really build a strong foundation that no matter what, I am here. Yeah. <laughs> so that when that happens, at least they, they know that they have somebody to speak to. Well, that's the thing about our generation, right? Uh, we look back on our past and the mistakes we've made and we're trying to do better. And, and I suppose even that deserves a good amount of credit for. Uh, Lynn, just a final question. I mean, what would your advice be for the individual at the workplace right now that's struggling with mental health? I would say the first step is to step back. Okay. So it's very easy to get caught in the hamster wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Every day we, we wake up, we go through the day, we come back. We don't even have time to really reflect. It's mm-hmm. just kind of knock out and sleep. Um, but carve out some time in your day or, you know, in a week to step out of it, right? Look at your state. Look at how you feel going to work, how you feel going back home mm-hmm. and have that pulse check. Because without that awareness, um, of ourselves, it's very difficult to t- create any kind of change that would benefit us. Yeah. We are just going to go back into the automatic uh, motion of, you know, going through life. Yeah. Do you think this whole work from home thing sort of has blurred the line so much that uh, you bring the work home and then you're just constantly in this stressful environment? Oh, actually, I've heard that it has worked for more people than not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I think in that sense, it's good because you really give um, autonomy to the individual to find Fair out enough. what works for them. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I've been speaking with Lin Tan, an ICF Master Certified Coach, as well as the founder of the Collective Change Institute. Lin, thank you so much for taking the time. You take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thank you, Elliot. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. Thank you for hanging out with us on this coaching podcast series. If you found this episode helpful, I'm really glad. Be sure to check out the other episodes for more juicy insights and share this episode with someone who might find this relevant. Continue your learning with CCI by attending a coach training module or engaging a certified coach for your organization or your own self-development. Head to www.collectivechangeinstitute.com to accelerate your transformation. See you soon.